Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave, one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and with me today is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. He is risen, Paul. He is risen indeed. It's good to be here with you today. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are wrapping up our uh, Trees in the Story of God series, and we're coming out of Easter weekend. Yeah. Um, so much going on there. Want to give us a little recap from Sunday? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously we were, it was Easter Sunday. And so Easter is one of those days that everybody knows what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the resurrection. Woo. Right. And, yep. and so, um, you know, what we talked about on Sunday was the idea that the, the, we know the answer, but I think what, what sort of, uh, helps us recognize the answer for all its glory. And the answer of course is Jesus Christ. What, what helps us really kind of like hone in or like, sharpen or, you know, kind of make shiny our, our understanding of Jesus is really mm. when we know what the problem is and we know what the question is. So okay. Jesus is the answer. Why did Jesus die and how did Jesus die for our sins? And that, that actually is something that's worth spending time thinking about. And right. so we use the story of trees to go back in history and, and, and trace this incredible story, see where we've come from so that we can really appreciate what Jesus has done for us. Yeah, it was great. And and even Good Friday, we talked a little bit, obviously, the tree and the cross and kind of tied that up, but also touched on this tree of life. But we spent some time in in Revelation on Sunday, right? We, sure. we looked briefly um, at this tree at the end of the story. Um, right. Can you tell me a little bit more? And you, you said, you know, there's a tree on both sides of the river. Don't think about it too much. It might make your head hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, like what this picture that we're given in, in Revelation, um, what does it... What is it referencing? What is it pulling from? How yeah. does it work? Well, I mean, I, I think first of all, this picture of the um, at the end is is a is sort of a garden, temple, city, new creation kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's kind of this whole connection. It's the new city of Jerusalem that comes down. It's the it's the reestablishment of the temple with God's presence at the center, which also draws us back in our minds to the garden, mm-hmm. where you know where everything is restored to this perfect beauty. Uh, where Jesus is at the center and his presence is there. And so in the midst of this, there's this picture of of the river flowing down from the throne of God. And in mm-hmm. the middle of this great street of the city, there's this um, there's this tree of life. And it's a singular tree of life mm-hmm. that is on each side of the river, it's described. And and I'm not a, you know, a Greek uh, scholar, but, or, a, a, um, you know, in terms of languages and stuff. Yep. But but what what I understand is that this language kind of has this on one side and the other, which is almost it, it kind of brings us back to the language of the water that was um, when it was when it was separated and the, right. the Israelites walked through the water yeah. was it was on one side and the other. And there's other illustrations where evil, you know, is on one side or the other and the path is is narrow to, you know, in order to find God. And so. There's this language that's used every once in a while in scripture of completeness, of wholeness, mm-hmm. of, um, you know, if it's entirety. And I think that's what's being drawn back to here with the idea of the tree being on one side and the other. Right. Um, really, the idea is this tree is completely present, entirely present, you know, and it's and and I think what's what's interesting in the in the new creation is that there is no you know, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there is one tree of life that is available. And at this stage, there is no, there's no need to walk past the other tree because that's already been done. And so now we have this access, this full access to the tree of life to take the fruit, you know, that is, that's like 12 different kinds of fruit and all kinds of crazy things. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it it seems like the presence of God is a pretty big deal in all of this too, right? I mean, part of, 
uh, part of Good Friday, Jesus dying on the cross, the temp the in the temple the curtain is torn in two. Yeah, uh, which we, we sing about a little bit. Um, yeah. and it's this idea that this holy of holies, where God's presence resided with His people, where yeah. really only one person could go a year, it was kind of broken open. Yeah. Um, and we see just hints of that again in this new creation. So, what does that mean for us here and now? How does this like matter at Easter? And well, I, so yeah. I, yeah, there's a couple of things I would say, and, I, and I, I'm reiterating something that I said on Sunday, but I, I think it's important to say it again, is that I think we have this idea in our minds that as Christians, or as, as sorry, as humans, as mm. humanity, we have, this, we were born to live forever, and it's within us, and somehow we just need, you know, sin kind of like, um, you know, does something to kind of block our ability to live forever. Right. But what we see with the story of the trees and the the veil being torn and all this is that we always have needed something outside of ourselves mm. for salvation and for eternal life. Yeah. And and I think that this has been one of those things that's been an eye opener for me. I would even say this sometimes at funerals that, you know, we were never meant to die. Like we were meant to live forever. Well, we were meant to have access to the tree of life that allows yeah. us to live forever. And so really the the veil being torn or the um uh the curtain being torn I mean or the mm-hmm. the access to the tree of life in the city of God at the end of time all of those things are are this picture of us coming back into the presence of God mm-hmm. and that's what allows us to have eternal life. It's not like we uncover something inside of us or we like, you know, we we clean up what's going on inside so now right. our natural ability to live forever will come through. No, like we've always needed access to God. But the access to God was what was denied in the mm. beginning. That's when we, you know, the people were kicked out of the garden. They were removed from that access. Yeah. And in the entire history of God's story is is getting back to that place where they're in the presence of God again. Okay. And the presence of God, I think, is really is interesting too, is that it is it's often a scary place, right? Yeah. So you think about Adam and Eve after the fall, when they realize that, you know, Jesus is present or God's present they are afraid and they hide, they hid, yeah. um, you know, and Moses, you know, takes off his shoes and, you know, the people of God are just in cowering in fear whenever the, the cloud comes down or the f- pillar of fire. <laughs> You're all supposed to go up the mountain. No, it's okay. You can go. You go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or even Isaiah where the, you know, I am unclean. Woe is me. Right. right. When, when Isaiah has this, this picture in Isaiah chapter six, which is his calling, he has this moment where he actually is kind of in the garden temple, new city, Jerusalem, yeah where he's in the presence of God and 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 the 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 angels come to him with this little coal to burn his lips and there's this idea that like they they bring the tree of life to him they mm-hmm. and and that's i think what Jesus is doing uh, on the cross is he now brings the tree to us you know yeah. rather than having this thing that's far away that we can't get to but what i was trying to get at with this idea of fear is that the reason the presence of god creates so much fear in us is you know the bible often talks about the fact that a holy god you know can't be in the presence of an unholy person and it and i think that's true but if you dig down a little bit what you also see is that the presence of God represents a threat to my own um, ideas or my own sort of self-autonomy kind of uh, mm. mindset. You know, Jesus is a God is a threat to to my own way of living because he offer he shows us the way, right? And so we cower in fear because there's this idea that I'm going to lose something if I come and I come into um, God's presence. And the truth is, you will. But that's the glorious 
good thing <laughs> to mm. lose ourselves and to, and to allow Jesus to be the one that leads. So yeah, there's this kind of like really interesting motif that goes all the way through. Um, and, and that was what we were kind of jumping into and exploring a little bit. Yeah. So we, we've spent the past six weeks, I think it is exploring this, um, yeah. trees in the story of God, which is, you know, it's been a, a unique angle, something that, um, neither you or I had spent a ton of time with before these six weeks. Uh, and then we landed on Easter. And I mean, you and I have been doing Easter services for most of our career in some way yeah. or another. We've certainly been in church for most of our lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the weird thing about the church calendar is on one hand, it's it takes us through the story every year and it's fresh and new. On the other hand, it's the same thing. Yeah. So how was Easter this year thinking about trees and the story of God? How was it fresh? How did it meet you? I mean, you've touched a little bit on that, but what, yeah. what kind of helped that story stay in the center of your being this year? Well, I think for me, the thing that struck me was the 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 bookends of the trees. And hmm. and I think we're living in a time right now when uh, things are upside down and difficult and crazy. And, you know, we don't know what's going on, what's up and, you know, how things are going to change or not change. Um, certainly, you know, we have something so small in terms of the pandemic when you think worldwide and wars and evil and, you know, people yeah. uh, being killed and slaughtered. And, you know, this has been, you know, it's not just happening because it's in the news now. It's been happening in our world, um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> for eternity. Um evil exists. And, and I think the thing that, you know, has kind of struck me is that there is a tree at the beginning and there is a tree at the end. And, and to me, that's a perfect picture of God saying, I've got this, like my story is not out of control. Hmm. I know how it begins and I know how it ends. Right. There's this idea of the alpha and the omega, like, you know, he, he has the beginning and the end in his hands. And that has given me, you know, tremendous comfort, uh, as I've been thinking about what we're facing in the world around us. And even in my own life, um, you know, sometimes we get really worked up about our own circumstances. And, and I think when you think about the story of God that goes through so many different books and different genres and thousands of years, and yet there's one story that goes from beginning to end. Mm. And that is absolutely phenomenal it is yeah so paul what are you going to do with the tree that you picked up we uh, we gave away trees on sunday if you weren't here we've still got a couple left in the office but right. um these little saplings what are you going to do with yours yeah it's a good question we we took it home and planted it in a little pot and um you know you start thinking about it but i think you know one of the things that's kind of neat about this is that you when you when you decide where to put it, it's like, this is going to be for a while, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I talked to my son when he came back and, and he asked the question, like, you know, is that actually going to be a tree? And um, it's funny because we, it's, it, you look at a sapling and it's hard to imagine that it's going to become something big and strong and mm. something that blows in the wind and, you know, stands there for, you know, past our own lives even. Yeah. Um, that's pretty amazing to think about. So, yeah, so we haven't totally decided yet. Um, I've heard some really interesting things. If, you know, one thing you could do is plant it in a place that needs it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, not necessarily in your own backyard or whatever. You know, you could plant it in a different neighborhood, plant it somewhere, you know, um, that doesn't have those kinds of trees. You'll often find that, um, you know, that that areas that... um, you know, that are in need of trees are often areas where, um, people are struggling in many ways. Um, it's strange how that kind of makes that connection, but I think, um, yeah, you know, for us, we look forward to kind of seeing where it ends up, but, um, yeah. What about you guys? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we, we have ours at home. Um, I think we're thinking about taking it up to the cottage, which is a piece of property. I, I mean, my my grandparents spent time on my parents spent time on yeah. we spent time on my kids spent time on but it's funny because it's a tree I, I'm not thinking 
uh, even the next couple of years, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, well, yeah. you know, honestly for the next couple of years, it'll kind of be small and scraggly and a bit annoying and not growing very well. Yeah. Uh, hopefully 20 years from now, it'll be a decent tree and hopefully yeah. 50 years from now. Yeah. It'll be a majestic part of, yeah. of the landscape in, a, in some way. Right. But yeah. like, it's hard for me to even imagine that. Like, I don't, will I be around 50 years from now? Like this yeah. thing will probably outlive me. Yeah. Um, it's like giving someone a tortoise as a pet, right? They last forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there's something, I, I mean, I love that about trees and, yeah. and this analogy. And, and again, talking about us as trees, um, I think there's something really good in thinking of in terms of longevity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to take a, of time. Uh, yeah. yeah, just to take a bit of a turn here. One of the things we have talked lots about is this idea of rule of life. Yes. And how, who are we becoming? How are we shaped by our habits and the things we do? Um, and I, and I, one of the things we've found is we've experimented yeah. with our own rules of life. I think I could say this about both you and I is like the tendency would be to look at our lives and be like, I want to like hack off that limb and add a limb there and like yeah. just do all of these things. And and actually what we need to do is start slow and steady because yeah. what we're becoming is a tall tree 50 years from now. Yeah. Not like a microwave dinner. Yeah. And um, something that can be passed on, right. That's mm -hmm. healthy enough to be passed on to the next generation. You know, I, I did a, I did a uh, thing in, in um, grade school. It was like a science experiment, you know, and it was, do trees need light to grow or do plants need light to grow? Yeah. And I grew this weird little bean plant in the dark and it was straggly and it was long and it grew fast, but it was like desperately looking for light. And, and I think that, you know, there's a tendency for us to want to do things quicker, but when we do that, it just goes like weird and you know, and I think the, the, one of the things that I've been thinking about with trees is that, you know, they grow ring by ring. And, you know, if you, yeah. if you can see it at the age of the tree by the amount of uh, rings, yeah. but I think that, you know, the habits that we put in our lives can often become like those rings that mm -hmm. we add to the tree. And it's, it's just slow and steady, small incremental changes. But over time that grows to this very strong, steady, um, you know, kind of thing. When we try to grow fast, we grow tall and skinny and, you know, the wind comes and guess what? Like snap, right? The mm -hmm. thing breaks or it falls or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there is something, you know, analogous there in the sense that growing our faith through these spiritual practices that help us become more like Christ uh, actually are, is like adding a ring on at a time yeah. uh, that grow the tree strong and steady. Well, and there's, uh, so I do some woodworking and some yeah. kind of bushcraft. Um, I love trees and cutting trees down and <laughs> being careful with them, but it is amazing when you cut a tree down or when you get what's called a cookie, which is kind of a slice of a tree and you look at the rings of it. Um, some of them are big and some of them are small. You can tell when there's been drought. You can tell when it's been a really good year. And I feel like my life is a lot like that too. Like totally. some seasons are great. They go super well. And some seasons, probably this last one for a lot of us through COVID, mm -hmm. um, it's been dry. It's been hard. Mm -hmm. The growth hasn't felt like wonderful. It's been like, oh, like grinding it out. But like mm -hmm. there's still a ring there. Mm -hmm. There's every year that passes, there's a ring. Um, and I, I think there's something really yeah, really beautiful about that. And I, and I hope for, for many people, um, I know 
not not everyone's tree will survive, right? Like mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. been given these trees, and if your tree dies, like I don't I don't think you should feel terrible about that. What what is it we should re- remember? The um, well, yeah, well, I mean, remember that how important it is to be planted by streams of water. Yes, right. if you're looking at a brown tree, you can just remember that. <laughs> planted by streams. No, there's of water. always an application. I'm a pastor. I mean, there's yeah, always an application, absolutely. illustration, and everything. But but yeah, they're not all going to survive. But I yeah, I hear what you're saying for sure. Yeah, there, I mean, there's just something. Um, so cool about watching a tree grow and you, you watch it grow like, like you watch kids grow, right? Like they're yeah. not, um, if, if you try to see it every day, it can be hard, yeah. but if you take a, a broader perspective and it's, it's just such a good reminder for me in my own life and, and building habits, um, and following Jesus, yeah. it's not, it's not all about like these wonderful moments of transformation, which there are, right? Yeah. Like, I think this is really important to say, like, and we've celebrated some baptisms recently at church, right? There are yeah. these moments of conversion. We see them in the Bible, moments where we come to Jesus, moments where these big things happen, moments where the Holy Spirit meets us in really significant ways. Yeah. Um, huge. But also, well, slow, I, steady growth. Yeah, because d- d- is is there any example of like lightning fast discipleship? I mean, yes, there's moments of conversion where God mm. does these incredible things. But always, 100% of the time, after conversion, whether that's a fast, dramatic, incredible moment of like yeah. God coming down and parting the heavens, or if it's you've grown up in a Christian home and been fortunate enough to have been raised in, in the faith, Whatever the that moment is after that, the discipleship process is slow and steady, yeah. and we are not in a culture of slow. No, but trees remind us to be slow. I mean, think about it. If you if you're having a bad day or a hard day, or you need to clear your head or whatever, I mean, generally speaking, most of us will go out into the woods or find some water or yeah. find some kind of natural element that kind of grounds you and reminds you of like this long sort of game, right? And that's why to me, like sitting next to a tree and I know this sounds so ridiculous but it's so powerful it because is. it it grounds us in the scale of time that reminds us to like just take a breath like well, it's okay <laughs> you know well, I mean let's he, let's think about Jesus for a second right I mean yeah. Jesus was first of all the son of God yes. so you'd think he would have discipleship down and when he was what 12 he was teaching at the temple and amazing yep. all the teachers yeah so can you imagine that today if I was 12 and really good at something I would become what an influencer, YouTube famous, something like that. (laughs) I'd launch my career. And by the time I'm 22, I would like have it made. Right. Yeah. What did Jesus do between the time he was 12 and 30? Yeah. I don't know. Like, do you have any, we have no idea. I think, I think he was a carpenter, right? Like I, I think he, he did manual labor uh, and like, I'm sure there was more to it, but like the fact that Jesus didn't like jump into his ministry at 19. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, 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 there's so much like good permission in that. Um, and yes, I'm older than 30 now as many of us are. Uh, but I'm also not the son of God. So like, yeah, maybe my best days are yet to come. Yeah. Um, there's something wonderful and beautiful about that. Yeah. And I, I think, I think in our, our kind of Western culture, we just, we want everything fast and we want to move quickly. And yeah. we think the way to success is to like find the secret and do it and like get the key and, and, you know, the shortcut and get there. And, and I think that, you know, from this, this sort of ancient culture and, and I think the trees remind us just to, to, to go slow, to mm-hmm. build, uh, incrementally and to, um, and to, to just, you know, enjoy the, the, you know, that pace Mm -hmm. and, and really, um, you know, I think that's something that we can probably all learn, um, especially as we kind of consider Easter and what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. Well, Paul, we're almost out of time. Um, 
when we are done our tree series, which I'm, I'm a little bit sad about because I've loved talking about trees with you and with Chris and others, uh, but I'm excited about our next series. We're going to be talking um, about being met by Jesus, yeah. looking at some of the stories of, of the people that Jesus met and the interactions he had um, and, and why they were so amazing, but also what it looks like for us to embody Jesus yeah. and, and kind of do the same, be a part of that and, and do what he's calling us to, which yeah. is, it feels great coming out of Easter. And, and what does it look like to be these, to be these trees in a, in a forest of other people and other, yeah. other yeah. things. So um, any, any final thoughts for us today? Well, when it comes to trees, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm kind of sad to be moving on as well. I mean, I think there's a lot of like kind of geekiness in the middle of all of this as you look through the Bible. And I, I have found that that this series has reminded me that the the Bible is rich. It is so full of mm-hmm. imagery and pictures and design elements that help us understand things in new ways and fresh ways. And it's not something that you can just read and understand entirely and perfectly in one go. Um, it takes a lifetime of mulling over and thinking about and exploring and experimenting with. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, one thing I would say from this series is to is to remember to read the scriptures, you know, take time and, and think about some of the symbolism that has come up, you know, and, and as you see trees show up, you know, it'll remind you of the, you know, the choices that we have to make. It'll remind you of the presence of God. And I think, I think all of those things help us with a richer understanding um, of the word of God as we, as we seek to, to know him better and align our lives to his ways. Wonderful. Well, thanks for listening along. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Postscript.